to the fourth season of The Coaching Cast, your working from home club. Here to keep you company, remind you that you're not alone and that there's many of us outside of your current four walls, all trying to survive and thrive in today's business environment. So regardless of where you are working right now or whatever you do as a career, we've got something for you here at The Coaching Cast. I'm Lisa, founder of Grip Corporate Coaching, personal performance coach, leader, and chief eye roller when it comes to all nonsensical corporate mumbo jumbo, which suffocates rather than advocates. And I'm Susie, sales and business coach at Future You Business Coaching, currently taking on my hardest coaching assignment to date, still parenting that two-year-old who doesn't take too kindly to being questioned. In this podcast, we explore all things work-related, matters impacting you at work right now presenting different topics each episode, which we will discuss with some special guests along the way, sharing ideas, hints, and tips for you to take away and try for yourself. We hope you enjoy listening. So today we were due to speak with Olympian Jack Green about the topic of achieving high performance without the cost of our well-being. But unfortunately, Jack is unwell. Not COVID, I don't believe, but he's poorly. So don't worry. We will be speaking to Jack next week. And so you will have the opportunity to listen to him, share his invaluable experience and knowledge in this area. So instead, today we're celebrating International Women's Day. The theme for this year is breaking the bias. And so today's topic is exploring the growing bias of proximity triggered by us working remotely during the pandemic and individuals spending more time at home and not in the office with their colleagues. So stay with us and enjoy. So happy National International Women's Day, Suze. International Women's Day. That's what it happy is. Happy International Women's international Day. International Women's Day. You. IWD. So IWD. Yeah, IWD. Yeah, fantastic. Yes. Gosh. Yes. exciting day um so we decided to um dress in bright colors so if you're watching us on youtube you will see that we um decided that well i'm wearing a a, literally a bright yellow blazer like you couldn't get more bright it was the only bright colored thing i had in my winter wardrobe because (laughs) all my summer clothes are um in the loft which i know is not a great storage solution at the moment um so yeah, we decided to kind of celebrate by being a bit more sparkly this week. Didn't a bit we? brighter, yeah. I've made it. Yeah. I've done my hair. Lisa's done you know, her hair. I've done my hair. That's a big deal. That's a big deal. And I've got my big blue poofy dress on, which I'm thrilled about. And as I was explaining to Suze, I'm actually going out for lunch straight after this, so it's timed perfectly because oh. I actually I actually look decent for the podcast because I'm, I'm I'm making an effort for the lunch I'm going out on. Um so yes, so happy International Women's Day. So how Absolutely. how have you been this past week? Yeah, so quite a lot's happened this last week actually. Um a lot has happened. A lot has happened. So obviously it's probably prudent to start with just acknowledging that um some absolutely awful things have happened in the world in the last week or so with the invasion of Ukraine. Um I know we've talked about it, haven't we, the last kind of couple of days around whether we should 
carry on posting on our Instagram because it just felt all a little bit insignificant given mm. the suffering and the kind of terribleness that's been happening. Um, and yeah, it, it I can't believe it to be honest with you. And I think especially as a mum, just seeing, I watched one video in particular of a family, a dad's putting his child on the bus and him staying in Ukraine to kind of um, become a soldier. And um, yeah, it really got me. It, it mm. really, really hit accord with me so um yeah I suppose we wanted to do the right thing and just kind of acknowledge that there are people right now not that far away who are going through quite a terrible time at the moment Mm, absolutely and I think we created this podcast to always be a support to people and so it felt the right thing to do to continue to do exactly that, provide support via our Instagram pages, our social pages, and also through this podcast itself. So we will be continuing with our recordings, yeah. with the content that we have planned, and with the posts on our Instagram page, which we want to continue to ensure help everybody, regardless of where you are, what's going on for you right now, and your circumstances. Um, but if you are interested in supporting any of the efforts there's a lot of charities helping the Ukraine at the moment and we did share um, a couple of those Red Cross and Choose Love on our Instagram page and there are many many more I've seen so many different efforts to support the Ukraine so yeah our love and support and thoughts are all with the Ukraine at the moment so as as well as that obviously as we were sort of acknowledging life carries on for everybody in some form Uh, you know wherever we are we're all experiencing different things so what else has been happening in your world the last week Suze? So the last week was half term. So I had a shorter working week um, because I decided to take a couple of days off towards the back end of last week to spend some time with my little boy. And on one of those days, I took him to Delamere Forest, which is a big forest um, near Chester. So Mm -hmm. not too far from where I live. Um, And the only way I can describe it is I got mugged off by a gruffalo. (laughs) <laughs> like that's literally what happened I can't imagine there are many people that tend to say that as a phrase mugged yeah. off by a gruffalo but absolutely mugged off by a gruffalo. tell us more Suze what happened <laughs> so there's a gruffalo trail at Delamere so I had been telling my little boy the whole morning we're going to find the gruffalo we're going on this walk through the forest and there'll be like lots of clues and then at the end we'll f- hopefully find the gruffalo so we started this tour like this walk and there was all the gruffalo characters like the fox and the mouse like if you have a child you'll probably be aware of the different characters in the gruffalo story that lead up and etc through this forest we get to the end where i knew historically the gruffalo was and there was no gruffalo (laughs) there was a sign and it said the gruffalo has gone on holiday for some maintenance and there was an owl there so then i was like Oh God. So I was like, Gruffalo, Gruffalo, where's the Gruffalo? And I'm like, I've literally promised him the whole of this walk <laughs> to get this toddler to this point, And there's no flipping Gruffalo at the end. <laughs> so I was like, why did you not have a sign at the start of the route? Because that means I could have changed what I was promising. Anyway, so um, I then had to kind of swiftly act on my feet and change I was like, oh, you found a special owl. <laughs> wow, this is special. And then he was kind of looked at me a bit like, 
special <laughs> owl? And I was like, yeah, it's a special owl, look. Um, so yeah, I got mugged off by a Gruffalo. So that was a bit irritating. And I had to really like swiftly act on my feet and um, yeah, pull all my skills together to save the situation, which um, I did manage to do without a meltdown, which was which was I was very thankful of. Um, so, so creative, yeah. Sue, so creative. Wow. Acting, thinking on your feet. Thinking on my feet right there. Um, so yeah, that happened. Also, um, some funny things have happened. So I got a really weird LinkedIn message the other day. I'm going to find it. Bear with me. I'm going to read it to you. It was regarding somebody who wanted to connect with me on my profile. Needless to say, I have not um, connected with this person. Fair enough. Okay. I'm intrigued. Hey, Susie. Do you remember my brother, Nate, messaging you? No, is my response to that. (laughs) I know he probably said something cheesy about you both having good energy, but maybe he was right. You keep coming across on our feed, so let's connect. What is that? I mean, so is he making reference to me as well? Maybe, like, I don't know. It's like his sister messaging me. Oh, really? like it's a female I'm not going to read a name obviously um but it's like hey Susie do you remember my brother Nate messaging you I know probably I know he probably said something cheesy about you both having good energy but maybe he was right question mark you keep coming across our feed so let's connect like maybe it is referring to you as well anyway oh, weird. weird who sends messages like that I was like decline <laughs> no we could have just missed our big break did no. you not look into who he is? Is no. he not like some major podcasting influencer or something? No. Like we just missed our big, big opportunity. I don't no. even know who he is. I've not even had a message from Nate. Like, <laughs> that's weird anyway. Weird and wonderful world of social media, though. I get oh. some bizarre messages. I get some like, bizarre messages. Honestly, some of the stuff. Anyway, so that was a bit weird. I was like, mm, no, decline. Um, <laughs> and then what else has happened? Quite a lot else has happened. Oh, I've been very cultured this weekend. Because I went to see the um, BBC Philharmonic Orchestra in Manchester on Saturday night, um, which yeah is not something I had done before or regularly do. But I felt very cultured whilst I was there, like I was doing something worthwhile and grown up. Like this is you know proper proper good Saturday night out. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. Um, It was amazing. Thing. oh my goodness me it was absolutely stunning um really like moving especially with obviously everything that's happened in the last week in the news it was it was quite powerful mm. um it was the northern philharmonic orchestra because apparently there's one in the north and one in the south um, yeah which I did not know no, no I didn't know that um highly recommend it it was like two hours you get an interval in, in between you can take wine in I mean hello I was <laughs> like this is literally brilliant um I really enjoyed it it was so good I felt so grown up and proper <laughs> doing it um I'd highly recommend yeah good for you well I think you know cheeky cheeky fact for you all CBBs and Sue's I used to play the flute so did you I am a fan well, of classical music. You kept this under your um, yeah. I played the yeah. flute from the uh, from the from primary school right through secondary school. I only gave it up around the age of sixteen, and um, regularly played in orchestras, uh, both the Kent Youth Orchestra I played in and um, 
was it the Kent Youth Orchestra? I think it was. I might have made that up. I've definitely played in some sort of like county orchestra of some kind anyway. And I played in all my school orchestras. I absolutely loved playing my flute in an orchestra. I did some of my grades. So, yeah. But, um, yeah, I've, I've, I've given up. I gave it up and I've kind of lost the skill. So it's something I need to like revisit and try and um, refresh because I've forgotten how to read music. And being able to read music does feel like a bit of an art. You know, it's like learning a language. But yeah, I've heard all the jokes. You know, there was that one time at band camp. Yeah, yeah. Heard those. Um, that is not how I play my flute, is all I'm saying. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> um, and actually, that's a nice segue into my next topic, which is it is International Women's Day. And we're talking about women and females in particular. We're celebrating ourselves today. And um, in respect to what I've been doing this past week, I have been having my lady bits reviewed uh, just to make sure everything's all right and working down there. And this sort of process started mm, about nine months ago, eight months ago. And I have since learned that I have endometriosis. So for anyone out there who doesn't understand what endometriosis is, it is where the lining of the womb these cells start growing outside of the womb and attaching themselves pretty much to anything <laughs> I've learned. Um, and so, yes, it can be a very painful experience. I'm very fortunate. I am asymptomatic. I barely notice that I have endometriosis, but I know that's not the same for many women, um, yourself included, Suze, because you've also, you also suffer with endometriosis. Um, I do, yeah. So I am having an operation to have it removed at the end of April. So, yeah, so uh, I'll get you posted. That'll be something I'll probably talk about in the next season of The Coaching Cast in May, if I, you know, go through it successfully. Who knows? Oh, I'm not a big I'm fan sure. of surgery. I'm not like you, Suze. I don't have a, you know, a loyalty card <laughs> for the hospital. So I'm not really massively looking forward to this. The last time I had a major operation was when I <laughs> fractured my ankle, pissed eight years ago um nine years ago now and yeah that's a whole other story for another time that actually is a really good workplace shame I'll come back to that on another occasion oh okay right <laughs> um, um, but yes episode. that was the last time I had surgery but um yeah so that's that's pretty much what my last week's been consisting of is getting that looked into and organized and sorted out um so yeah busy times busy times so oh. in, in terms of um Today, then, we are celebrating International Women's Day and we are going to explore the theme of the International Women's Day, which is break the bias. So shall we crack on with our discussion around proximity bias? Let's go. You know, that seamless link between endometriosis and proximity <laughs> bias right there. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> Bear with us, listeners. <laughs> Last year, the BBC published an article entitled Hybrid Work, How Proximity Bias Can Lead to Favouritism, which shared research demonstrating that we favour those who we see more often, highlighting a potential growing issue with how individuals are viewed and recognised, potentially unfairly, as many of us continue to stay away from the office and work from home, despite the improved return back to the workplace. This has also been noted by Raconteur magazine, the fantastic business magazine provided by The Times, highly recommend it, um, who have highlighted as being potentially a larger issue impacting women who prefer who are preferring to work from home more often based on childcare arrangements. 
Ali Shalfrishan, a UK-based occupational psychologist at Workplace Solutions Provider PSI Services, explains in the BBC article that proximity bias existed in the workplace long before the pandemic. We all can reflect on occasions where the people we sit near are the people we know the best and feel the most kinship to. The article continues to explain that this bond can create a halo effect where we build an inflated view of those nearby while overlooking more qualified individuals further away. This effect can also cause leadership to excuse the poor performance of those in their proximity while not properly valuing the skills and expertise of those with whom they have less contact. So how do we address and mitigate the issues caused by proximity bias as we progress to a hybrid way of working, basing ourselves at home and in the office? Suze, what, what's your experience of this bias, this proximity bias? Yeah, so I've not actually heard of this term before in terms of proximity bias, but as I can, we, we started dis- discussing in it, as part of today's episode Mm. um, and reading a bit more about it, it totally makes sense and is definitely something I have experienced for sure. I think I have experienced it actually long before the pandemic as well. Um, So before the pandemic and um, before I had my little boy, I was living in um, Cheshire, where I live now, and I was commuting every week to London to work for an organisation. And um, that meant that I was doing a combination of hybrid working. So I was for um, six, seven years, maybe six years. I can't get my uh, anyone else lost a year because of COVID. Honestly, <laughs> I struggle two. with this all the time. Yeah, lost two. Um, <laughs> yeah, like six years. I was um, hybrid working, so I was working a couple of days from home, working down in the office in London. I was kind of here, there, and everywhere. So um, I definitely um, have experienced this. Obviously, post pandemic, I set up my business, so I'm now fully working from home. So experienced it less because of my personal circumstances post the pandemic Mm. but I can definitely relate in terms of my experiences pre um and it's not something I necessarily had kind of connected the dots on before but it does happen um and you can kind of see why it happens um because there's that definitely in my experience, that bias towards workers who are physically present in the office, or there was, it it may be different now, but, you know, you don't necessarily um, want people who are always in that office environment, physically there, to be having additional benefits or additional projects or additional opportunities because of their proximity to their colleagues, to leadership, Um, you know, that in a sense has um you know is biased that's unfair Hmm. so my experience of it is actually a couple when I reflected back is it is kind of in a couple of ways so 
One was that I used to definitely get left out of meetings because I wasn't physically um, there. And I don't know whether that was intentional. I'm not saying it was, but it definitely happened. Mm. I can remember one situation where there was a meeting in London, in central London, on one of the days that I would have kind of traditionally worked from home. Um, And it involved all of my leadership peers my line manager and my line manager's manager at the time, he was pretty senior in the business. And I didn't get invited to that. And nobody had a conversation with me about that meeting because they just assumed I wouldn't be able to be there because I lived quite a long way away. Um, And that is an example of where that proximity bias absolutely came into play. I kind of got forgotten, I think, because I wasn't in that immediate Mm. geographical location. Mm. Um, Actually, the reality was I could have got there quite easily because there's a really good train line that runs from (laughs) Manchester to London, Houston. (laughs) takes like an hour and 50. Um, So actually, yeah, I probably could have, have got there. But Aside from that, I think that is an example where it definitely kind of came into into play. And then the other um, experience I've had of it is probably, and again, I'm not saying this has was purposeful, but um, we did kind of, and again, this was pre-COVID time, so things may be a lot better now. But in terms of technology and dialing into meetings, dialing into calls, just wasn't quite set up to be fully functioning and being able to be fully present if you weren't in the office Mm. so it'd get silenced quite a lot on calls or people would cut over or they'd forget you're there and they'll go off for lunch and then you're like hello hi is anybody there (laughs) um because they've just forgotten that you're on the other end of there because you're not physically there to kind of remind them so yeah I have to answer your question I have experienced it it definitely wasn't intentional in my experience. I, I'm pretty, you know, confident of that. And it's something I'm not really necessarily connected the dots on before that it was kind of happening and it is a it that it was kind of a term in itself. Mm. I think with all bias, that they don't necessarily have to have an intentional element to them. They are the natural way in which we behave. Yeah. And they are point. a construct of, you know, all of our experiences and you know, in many ways, you know, the environments we've lived in, worked in, been brought up in, where we've lived in the world, how we've, you know, how we've lived um, are the benefits and opportunities we've had. All bias tends to be, I think, in many ways, a level of completely subconscious. I think it's definitely in the way that you describe, it's that because people didn't think about it, in other words, because they hadn't moved it into their conscious and made a a real concerted effort to include you it it was easy to forget you because you weren't seen and I think that's the challenge here is actually how we have to be aware of the fact that it's not just about people being in our sort of periphery like in our in our sort of space of vision that you have to remember that there are people who aren't there and it's about remembering them I mean I know with my personal experience I I don't personally think I've ever not that I can think of I can't remember a time when I have experienced proximity bias towards me I think it's been actually more the fact that I'm aware of how I may have been biased towards others based on their proximity and how I've had to be very conscious at all times of including everyone 
when I've got, a, I've had a scenario where I've had team members who were all over the country. So I yeah. know in um, a previous job, I had um, a field team who, where three of them were based where the office was based. And I saw them all the time because they were always in the office. And then I had individuals because it was based on a team merger and where t- uh, a number of people had become part of my team who had originally been based at an office a couple of hours away. So just by the pure nature of that merger and the fact that initially we didn't um, state that they had to be based out of the new office where I already was, they were scattered. And so I had always had an element of this, like some of the team being right with me in the office daily and the rest of the team being uh, located elsewhere. And one of those individuals as well lived hours away, like right down in the Southwest. I mean, he was so far away. And I was always really mindful of the fact that I was spending a lot of time with those three individuals in in the office and that I was going to have to make a concerted effort to make the same um, time, like opportunities and spend time with the rest of the team. And it was really challenging. I think it's always so easy to look to those who were right there you know, when things are happening and you're working in a fast paced environment, which I always have done, you know, it's always been a very customer focused, always delivering, you know, you've got a lot of deadlines to meet and things are changing all the time. It's it's only natural that when things are going on, especially when challenges and problems occur, you look to those who you can immediately engage in to get it sorted and it's only natural then that those people who are the closest to you, who you can see are who you, who you delegate that to and you, mm. you, you miss out the rest. Now, the challenge I had in that is not just it was twofold. The individuals who were further away got frustrated by that because they felt um, not they didn't feel included. They didn't feel trusted to, to be delegated to. They, they were missing out on opportunities to challenge themselves and learn and take on more accountability and actually those who were closest to me got fed up with always being the ones to take on those extra workloads the extra pressure and you know it, it kind of started to create a bit of a rift that I had to really carefully manage navigate and resolve because the individuals closest to me felt very much as though they were the ones carrying the team's success and other people were getting away with not doing yeah. as much um, so I think you have to be mindful in a proximity bias in that way it's not always about how you may be biased towards individuals to give them more opportunity and promote their success you can actually do it in the detrimental sense and actually create quite a lot of conflict totally un- you know it won't necessarily be intentional but it's about thinking even when you've got people far away from each other it comes back to that basics I think of how do you grow and build a team how do you ensure that you're engaging everybody consistently and regularly that you are recognizing everyone as individuals and that you are being a, a fair in how you delegate because in that way you are really then ensuring that the team is is balanced and working together and it's it's fair I think that's the big word here in all of this isn't it it's fairness it's like how can you be as fair as possible so what are your thoughts in respect of uh, the raconteur findings from the times that this bias tends to impact women a lot more heavily than men. 
So I can see how this can potentially be the case on paper, because I think this has been exasperated through the pandemic that women are now more likely to take the burden of care responsibilities for children, um, for elderly parents, for example, or um, family members. Um, And so flexible working is then, and I think there's um, research around it, around they're more likely to, females are more likely to be remote workers now. Mm -hmm. So I can see how this absolutely can affect um, women. Um, I haven't necessarily experienced or seen for myself this in reality affecting more women than men, but I can definitely understand how that could be the case for Mm. sure I think it's an interesting one because also in the in the marketplace around um kind of employment at the moment there is a real challenge for talent at the moment in terms of um getting people to want to move jobs because a lot of organizations now have changed their approach in terms of flexible working and so actually people are like this is kind of giving me what I've wanted I'm comfortable here I don't want to rock the boat too much there's a lot of uncertainty in the world right now so people aren't as willing as perhaps they once were to Mm. move jobs um so that then kind of creates I think a bit of a, a a bottleneck and a bit of an impact around attracting talent into organizations and thinking about that effect on women probably more so um because of that shift in dynamic since the pandemic in terms of um care responsibilities or parenting responsibilities um so it's yeah it, it I can see definitely the impact it would have what about you have you kind of seen this in motion I think to be honest this was an issue for women before I don't think it's in my opinion and it is an opinion only it's not experience based because I've not um ever been in a situation as a woman where I have really pushed to have um, a flexible working arrangement or changed my working arrangement and therefore, you know, been in the office less. But I always felt that this was a challenge for women before in terms of having experience of females who had gone on maternity leave to have a child, had previously worked in the office because it was pre-pandemic days. But even if it had been a bit of a hybrid arrangement then, because I've worked with field teams, Um, where we predominantly worked from home anyway but where they were available let's say five days a week and did their job across five days a week and then have wanted to create a flexible working arrangement on their return and go down to potentially four days or even three and as soon as those days are no longer there for them to be in the office and present and visible I already experienced them, the challenge for them of remaining connected, engaged, seen, recognised, because of the challenge then of, of just not, you know, not being there like physically, mm. physically or remotely. Um, and I think it's such a it's such a, a, a difficult subject in so much as it's it's not. I don't think it's a new thing, and yeah. I think it's. It was always around for me, for anyone who, um, for example, I managed who came off uh, maternity leave. It was always about ensuring that actually they 
could create a working environment for themselves that now suited their new circumstances and that still fulfilled the the requirements of the role and for the business and that was always a balancing act I mean in some cases it meant the individual change roles because actually it was about finding now a, a role that better suited their circumstances but wherever possible it was trying to make what actually they had been doing and they had enjoyed doing and done well at now work for them in a different way um, and being respectful of their change in circumstances and being respectful of their new responsibilities it's not as though you know I think there's that it's always being careful that you don't get that um, completely incorrect um, perception that a woman is doing less, which is totally bollocks. I mean, it's not that they're doing less. They now have two jobs. <laughs> so yeah. like, I was like, yeah, you've um, got two jobs now. <laughs> yeah, you've got two jobs. Three if you have to look after your husband <laughs> as well. I mean, Jesus. Um, or partner. Um, so, yeah, it, you know, it's about always keeping that in mind and going, how can this job now work for this person? And how do we manage our expectations now that they're doing four days, not five? And still very much. And it's a conscious thing. It comes back to what we've just spoken about. Yeah. Consciously ensuring that they still feel <laughs> engaged, included, supported, not forgotten about just because they're no longer there that one day or two days even. Um, yeah. But that is a conscious effort. I think. That is where people go wrong. And I think that's where businesses go wrong is when they don't flex and adapt, when they don't acknowledge and they don't themselves make allowances and start themselves changing their behaviours. You can't just expect to carry on as you always did before when people's you know lives are completely changing. And I definitely have been um, a witness to that, I think, where females have come off maternity leave and are treated exactly the same as they were before and the expectations on them are exactly as the same as they were before mm. and nothing is adjusted for that and that mm. that doesn't that's 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 totally ridiculous that's when I've seen females like really fully burn out and often yeah. sadly leave the job um yeah. where those I think, kind of things haven't been appreciated I think that piece you you mentioned there about conscious effort is also one we should explore as well if you also have a team who are fully remote mm. because yeah. I also know that some of our listeners um our CBBs don't necessarily have a um, hybrid dynamic going on for them so it could be that you actually fully work from home like mm. Lisa and I do and so does your team you don't have a situation where some people are dipping into a a physical office environment and then working from home as well so if that is the case I think this theory absolutely still applies yeah and it's about your conscious effort around understanding it and managing it so for example let's think about location you know even when we're working remotely we still have different locations when all of us are doing that so Lisa and I currently have very different locations I'm in well sunny Cheshire today Lisa is currently in South Africa in 30 degrees. What is the temperature? It's not today? actually 30 degrees today. It's a oh. cooler day today. I think it's only like 23. It's only 23. It's only 23. It will probably get hotter as the day goes on. But, you know, yeah, I'm just saying. Okay. Just saying. But <laughs> you know. it's supposed to be 30 or 40 degrees at the weekend, everyone, as far oh. as I'm aware. I'll be in the shade where oh. I always am. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'll be in the rain. Anyway. Um, <laughs> But there is a time difference, isn't there, between yes. South Africa and the UK? Two hours. I'm two, two hours, hours ahead. Yeah, yeah. So Lisa is two hours ahead. So, for example, um, that means that I have need to have an awareness around what time we schedule our catch-ups so that doesn't impact um, 
indirectly on Lisa in a negative way um, and vice versa. And there's a kind of piece there as well about what projects or assignments or tasks we kind of assign to each other because we're in different locations, but we're both still working remotely. So that's definitely something to bear in mind. And I can think of how this came into play when I was managing a team. I definitely um, kind of spent more time online with people who were in a kind of more um, close geographical location to me than people who weren't. But again, I think about that. That wasn't a conscious effort to that just kind of, again, was because my this proximity bias was at play yeah. um, and I didn't have an awareness of it. So I think just thinking about, OK, have I spent more time with somebody because they, although we're still talking on Zoom or on Teams, but because they will live closer to me than somebody who doesn't live closer to me, it's still absolutely applicable in this situation as well. Yeah, totally. And I've got a similar experience in so much that I used to manage a... Um, national field sales team and I was based in the middle of the country and I had a member of my team who was in Warwick who was only sort of 45 minutes away I had another member of the team an hour and a half away in London I spent more time with them both talking to them but actually physically we would meet up in um, locations around the country that suited us between where we lived and a lot more than the individuals that I had in Liverpool and Scotland Um, I know the individual in Scotland was definitely more negatively impacted by this because they were that that bit further away it was difficult and a challenge for them as well so in those situations it's about okay if you can't physically be together how can you still ensure you're engaging with them and I know that I was consciously having to put in more effort actually to engage with that person to support that person to make sure that actually I wasn't being biased to the fact that I had individuals in the team who were closer. But again, it comes back to that consciousness and then the effort you're going to have to put in. And I think you have to accept that responsibility and that that's the case with these situations is that you do need to put more effort in and you need to get more creative to ensure that actually you are engaging with everyone consistently and being fair. And I keep, Mm. I'm going to keep using that word fair, but that that's the only way to address, I think this bias um, but yeah, the first step very much is, is is being aware of it. So that moves us nicely to really looking at, okay, so what are our top tips for really managing and I would say navigating this form of bias? I'm always really conscious of not saying like completely resolving it or fixing mm-hmm. it because I don't think that's possible. I think the best out, like the best outcome here is about like how do we better manage it navigate it and try to avoid it wherever we can so what are your tips in this regard I think from the perspective of both for an individual who may be feeling like they're experiencing proximity bias against them and also managers and tackling it yeah so I think first of all like reflect on and this is applicable to both managers and individuals reflect on who have you had I'm going to call it an ad hoc conversation with in the last week or couple of weeks. Um, And actually note that down. And is there a theme? Is there a trend there? Because actually if 80% of those people are people that you've spoken to -to face-to-face physically and 20% are people who you've spoken to remotely online, Zoom, Teams, on the phone, et cetera, Mm. um, then there's a bit of work there to kind of, think about, okay, how do I neutralize this? How do I 
bridge that gap and make mm. that a bit fair and give that opportunity to everyone. So I think, again, that increases your, your awareness, that increases your conscious effort then about how you take that forward in your management of yourself, but also in the management of others as well. So I think that reflection and that tally is is quite a, a good top tip. And building off that, I think you can do the same with that with projects as well. Because, because one of the things I think perhaps we haven't talked about, which is, is still critical in this, is that I remember when I was working remotely, you know, there would be kind of ad hoc conversations at the desks, at the bank of desks saying kind of, I'm working on this project. What are your thoughts? I'm struggling with this. And you don't get that if you're not physically there yeah. in that office environment because you have to, there's more effort, you know, jumping on a Zoom, creating it. By the time you've kind of done that, potentially the moment has gone. So we'll also have a think about, okay, I'm going to tally also, you know, who's getting projects, who's getting some of those assignments, who's getting those opportunities to input into stuff. And and again, look for trends and think about, okay, are there some things here that I can do a bit differently to create a more fairness and better balance of things um, for those that I, you know, lead and manage. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that delegation piece. I think from my experience, you know, the story I shared, that's definitely where I went wrong. And it was my biggest learning, which was actually this isn't just about ensuring that people are celebrated and recognised and have the opportunity to learn and grow themselves. It's actually also about being really mindful of not overloading one person over another. Um and how actually you may be detrimental to them and their like well-being and enjoyment in the job yeah. you don't want to overwhelm people um so yeah I definitely agree with that 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 delegation piece and I like the idea of the assessment like checking in on yourself I think it's what always worked really well for me and kept me on top of this and monitoring it was making sure that actually every week I had schedule scheduled catch-ups both with the team as a collective but then also individuals and was always speaking to them and making time for them every week so that you know exactly the same for everybody no one person was left out of that so I was being consistent for every single person and then always making sure actually that every month I physically saw people and every single person in the team so again it was let's schedule weekly catch-ups on the phone it obviously it can be zoom now because that's a lot more personable than what I was working with a couple of years ago when video conferencing wasn't as prolific as it is now but then also ensuring that actually every month I also saw every single person in my team as well and you know that doesn't have to be in the office you know that's that's the fact of it now we're all working so flexibly it's not about whether you work at home or whether you work in the office you can actually work from anywhere so geographically you can make it work for both of you in terms of where is it more suitable to 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 meet up and so that's definitely something that um I think worked really well for me and again it just kept you it held you to account to be the lead on it and to role model yeah. that um I think for if sure. you're an individual experiencing proximity bias the first step has got to be addressing it and I think talking about it with your manager in terms of how you're feeling what you're experiencing and you know really getting their support to look at how it can be resolved I think also, I know for me, when I was um, fully remote working, I did make the conscious effort of going into the office once a week. And that was to help me build relationships. And because I do thrive off spending time with others. So it was for my own gain on many levels. It wasn't just to be seen. It was also because I got a lot of value from seeing people, speaking to people, 
having those candid conversations at the desk, Susie, as you describe, and learning. So I did consciously do that. And I, I do think there is an element here of, look, as an individual, we're accountable for our own success and we're accountable for how we feel at work. It's not just about those around us who have positions of authority. So I think you do need to sometimes look at your own circumstance and going, actually, how can I be more visible? Yeah. Um, and I think what helps with that is another top tip is just having that, if you can, just be really clear on expectations mm. around working from home and in the office so that that yeah. creates that level playing field. And again, that fairness. So if you're managing someone or a team you're clear on what those expectations are whether that's two you know two days a week but you've got um uh you can choose what two days work best for you but everybody's you know two days a week and then the rest can be at home or it's totally at home or it's totally in the office but set that because then everybody's in on in on the same kind of expectations and that makes it easier then to kind of you know manage and if you're an individual and you don't have those expectations then ask for them yeah ask what is the expectation of me just in terms of this hybrid way of working um that should really help I think as well just my final point is just please go back to my story before just make sure that meetings include everyone regardless of location do not assume because somebody lives you know two hours away like in my example that they can't get there or they don't want to be there you know assumption is not great in any context (laughs) but in this one it's particularly not great so just yeah try and include everybody regardless of location and then it's kind of up to them to work through whether that works for them or not thanks Sue so we'll summarize our top tips as always as we usually do uh, from that particular discussion and we will share them towards the end of this show It's now time for Bullshit Bingo, where we call out phrases which get commonly used in the workplace, which, quite frankly, make us cringe. Today's Bullshit Bingo is get this boat out of the dock. Lisa, have you heard of this one? I don't think anyone I've ever worked with has ever used this. This is so American again, though, isn't it? Surely. I think I've heard this on a TV programme, but I think it was tongue in cheek. Like it may have featured Steve Carroll or something. (laughs) You know, it feels very much like the American office, I think. Um, No, I've never heard it. Have you ever heard anyone use it? Hmm. No, I don't think I've heard anyone use this one. Do we know where this one came from? No, I can't remember. It could have been a LinkedIn I like think someone might have messaged us on LinkedIn. Yeah. And we do have a lot of international CBBs who listen to us, um, who are part of our network on LinkedIn. And it might have been an individual. That's why I'm, that's why I'm thinking it could be someone from the yeah. US. But it is so funny. Like I couldn't take this seriously. If someone said to me, let's get, get this boat out of the dock, I'd be like, I mean, I'd, I probably would laugh out loud. Oh, I, I can, would. I can imagine sure. someone would only say it like tongue in cheek, like being sarcastic. I'd be like, pardon? Get this what? boat out of the dock. Sorry? What if we'd been like teleported to some kind of nice harbour situation? <laughs> like, but then again, I would my mind would go into a completely different place. I'd be totally distracted and be like thinking about nice beaches. Well, you'd be nice on holiday. Dogs. You haven't been on holiday. Yeah. You haven't been abroad for years, have you? So you're like, be like, yeah, exactly. I'm on a it's boat been a couple of years bed. since I've been away. So I would be absolutely on a super yacht in below deck, like for sure. <laughs> I Wait. forgot about your obsession with Below Deck. Yeah, good point. But they say this all the time on Below Deck. Let's they get this boat out of the do. dock. 
But, they I mean, absolutely do. But that's literal because they literally do need to get the boat out of the yeah. dock. Yeah, yeah. Ah, oh, and Captain Lee never struggles doing that. Believe me, <laughs> he is a pro. Um, I'll take your word for it. I've never seen it. I still haven't seen it. I know you're obsessed with it. Says so my mate Siobhan. She loves the uh, play deck. So I'll, I'll take your word for it then. We'll go Lee. from um, yeah, bullshit bingo to uh, Captain Lee and below deck. All the all the chat on this podcast yep. today. All the, um, all the relevant topics. <laughs> but if you have any bullshit bingos that you hear at work, then please let us know. You can send them through to us on email at hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk. You can DM us on Instagram at thecoachingcast. Um, or you can even let us know through our website, which is thecoachingcast.co.uk. So there's three ways to get in touch. And we absolutely love receiving them. So please send them through. We're coming to the end of today's episode where we have been discussing proximity bias in recognition and celebration of International Women's Day and their theme, Break the Bias. So our tips and recommendations from today are as follows. So the overall um, themes that we've drawn out from our discussion today are in green. So they are in, in the context of bias of any kind, but in this particular topic of proximity, it's about remembering to be fair. So fairness is really important. It's about inclusion. So really ensuring you include everyone that you don't make assumptions just because they're not present in the office about whether or not they A, can come in on that day because of the day of the week it is, or travel. So as Susie says, don't forget her. Don't leave her out, please, people. (laughs) Just because she's not there doesn't mean she doesn't want to be there. I Um, have FOMO. Yeah, I always have FOMO. And then the last one, and it's it's a common one. Come on, guys. It's always about awareness. The more aware of these things we are, the more we can move them into our consciousness and ensure that we're trying to address and manage them. So the first tip is assess who in your team you've spoken with and their workload or opportunities right now. So really do a bit of an assessment, be honest with yourself and really understand actually who in your team at the moment are you feeling the less connected with um, and who are you giving your least attention to and who potentially are missing out on opportunities to help them with their personal growth and development. The second one is schedule weekly catch ups with each individual to ensure that you're always speaking with them and giving them your time and that they are present in your mind um, every week on a regular basis. And also make time to have monthly face to face catch ups. And like I said, just because um, we're talking about remote working, but being based at home and we're talking about being in the office, actually, you can work from anywhere. So really think about where is suitable for you two to meet up and see one another especially with the challenges with geography and travel. And then the third one is seek and give expectations about work location. So if you are an individual who's unsure about the working arrangements and what's expected of you, go ask for it and get that understanding. And equally, if you're a leader and a manager, make sure you're giving people those expectations of what you're looking for. So you're being honest and open all the time. We've also this week got some self-coaching questions for you to try out on yourself uh, to help you explore this topic of proximity bias a bit further. So the first self-coaching question is, number one, how do you value and recognize performance for yourself and for those you manage? So really think about 
actually how do you uh, value individuals what sort of system processes are you using what is it based on evidence wise number two is what methods or processes do you use and how fair do you believe that they are and again be honest with yourself if you really can see areas where potentially some of that bias is coming in think about what you can do differently so that third part then builds on that so what three things will you do differently to improve fairness and to prevent proximity bias don't worry if you can't remember all of these all of our tips and recommendations will be on our instagram page at the coaching cast this week and we're also looking to place our top tips each week on our website as well thecoachingcast.co.uk to hopefully help you find them a bit easier we hope you've enjoyed today's episode. Have some new ideas to take away and try for yourselves. If you have any questions, thoughts, feedback or bullshit bingos, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us in three ways. By email, hello at thecoachingcast.co.uk, on Instagram at thecoachingcast or on our brand new website, thecoachingcast.co.uk, as Lisa just mentioned. Your support means everything. Therefore, if you like what you've heard today and would like to help us to grow this podcast, please do us a favor and follow us on Instagram. Leave us a review on the Apple podcast app and subscribe to future episodes wherever you listen. Don't forget, you can also watch each of these episodes on our YouTube channel by searching for The Coaching Cast, where you can also subscribe to be notified of new episodes as they're released. And we've made an effort today, so you might want to watch on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I look particularly good for a change. Um, I nearly choked then, Susie, because of that. I was like, whoa, got excited. (laughs) So yeah, in next week's um, episode, we're looking forward to welcoming Olympian Jack Green to our rescheduled episode discussing how to achieve high personal performance without the cost of your well-being. We both love music and use it to motivate and energize us. So we like to finish each episode with our personal song recommendation, giving you positivity and energy as you launch into your next meeting. It's my choice this week and to recognize International Women's Day, I have chosen British singer, songwriter and absolute amazing babe, Becky Hill and her song, Remember. It's an absolute tune. So go and take a listen. I love her. Did you watch her Brits Award? Yes. Oh, bless her. Yes. She got totally rinsed on TikTok. I think everyone was like using the dialogue. Uh, It was brilliant. It was really funny. But I absolutely love her. She's a great example of someone who has consistently showed up and worked really, really hard for many years to reach her success. And that success may not ever happen overnight, but that doesn't mean you should give up, not if you believe in what you're doing. So, yeah, great recommendation, especially to celebrate today of all days. So thanks to all of you for listening. Thank you, CBB, so much for being here. Have a great week. And remember, you've got this. <laughs>